Today's gospel is um, a very challenging one. Because most people, when they hear this gospel, they can't believe Jesus called that poor woman a dog. And so we have to ask the question, what, what, was, it, what was going on that Jesus said that to this woman? And it's a very important question. Let, think about this. We have to begin with the understanding of who is Jesus? Who is he? Now, follow the logic here. If we say that Jesus is God made human, God made human cannot commit a sin. So, is calling a woman a dog a sin? Mm, yeah. So, how do you deal with that? Well, then what we have to do is to say, wait a minute. Even though that's kind of like what you would default to in, in modern understanding of the dialogue, something else is going on. And that something else that's going on is something that we have to get behind because without that, we will misinterpret what Jesus was doing. The first thing I want to say is that one of the biggest problems that we have, we, meaning every generation, every place that was not 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, is that we have a very different vision of the world, a very different view. I don't want to get into it, but in our time, in our time, Everybody is walking around waiting to see how they can interpret anything as an insult. Okay? We are hypersensitive in our culture. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And if anyone's feelings are hurt, we consider it a personal insult. You have to understand that most cultures in the pre-modern era, and even today, when you go to different places in the, the globe, people are not walking on tiptoes around your feelings normally. We as Americans are hyper-focused on how people feel. It's interesting because you see it all the time in news reports, you know. You'll see a reporter go up and go, something happened, and the reporter will go, how does this make you feel? Well, in another country or another culture, they might go, who cares how that person feels? What did, what did you think about it? Don't ask me about how I feel. What do you think about it? But we're very focused on our feelings. 
In Jesus' culture, that's not the case. Jesus' culture was much more raw. They didn't walk around. Feelings were never considered to be the person. Okay? Uh, your feelings, it's, it's interesting because even the whole notion of falling in love was not even a, an issue in those days. Marriages were mostly arranged, and, and uh, it was not a question of how you felt. I didn't fall in love with you or fell out of love with you. That was not even in the radar. You can hear little things in Jesus' uh, relationships with people. For example, remember in the, in the wedding, uh, uh, well, let me start even further back. Remember when Jesus stays back in the temple and his parents lost him, right? Do you remember when his mother and father, when, when Jesus is, and Mary and Joseph find him? And he says, son, we've been worried about you. Did you, do you remember what he said? He doesn't say, oh, I'm so sorry, mom. I didn't mean to make you worry. No. Jesus says, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? What's wrong with you? <laughs> didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? And Mary and, and, and Joseph, you know, they take him back. Now for us, if a kid would have done that to us, you'd have slapped him around. Okay? But notice, even Jesus as a little boy doesn't have any problems. Don't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business? Remember Cana, the wedding at Cana? Mary goes up to Jesus and says, they have no more wine. And Jesus, instead of Jesus, oh, oh, let's do something. What does Jesus say? He turns to Mary and says, woman, doesn't even call her mom. He says, woman, what does this concern of yours have to do with me? It is not my hour. What kind of kid is that? But what you're seeing is a different understanding, a different way of talking. When my other favorite one is when Peter um, Jesus is about to go to Jerusalem to get crucified. And Peter says, Oh Lord, may that not happen to you. I always, I always understand that Peter was being very nice. You know? I, I, I've often used this example, probably heard it before. If I told you that after Mass I'm going to go to Target and I'm going to be kidnapped, and they're going to torture me and kill me. I think most of you would say, Father, don't go. Okay, at least most of you. Some of you might go, Father. <laughs> but most of, most of you would say no. And I would turn to you and say, thank you. Thank you for your concern for me. What does Jesus say to Peter? Get thee behind me, you Satan. Not exactly a compliment. <laughs> okay? Notice the brusqueness. That's why you always have to remember whenever you study Jesus, 
this whole idea of this sweet Jesus, you know, that is always just never insulting anyone. God understands everything is beautiful. Yes and no. Jesus was very forceful. And in his day, there were names and there were, there were dividers. And what you're seeing today in this gospel is a typical divider between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, let's see where, Je where Jesus is. The gospel says he goes up to Tyre and, si Tyre and Sidon. That is the northern part of Israel. In the northern part of Israel, what had happened was that the Assyrians had conquered and they had taken the ten tribes. You've heard of the ten lost tribes of Israel. Well, when they were conquered, the two tribes in the south were not conquered. But when the Assyrians conquered the ten tribes, they literally wiped out or enslaved the population and they brought a whole bunch of pagans to settle the land. So the northern part of Israel, where Tyre and Sidon were, was for several hundred years back, a mixture of pagans and some were leftover Jews that managed to sneak out. And they were, they had kind of some of the traditions of the Jewish people, but it's kind of not. That's where the Samaritans come in. <clears throat> they got from Samaria up there. And so the Jews in the south, in the, 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 the land of Judah, would say that those people in the north were not part of Israel. They were the lost tribes because they were the, the, this, um, the descendants of the pagans mixed with Jews. And some of them worshipped idols. Or some of them practiced even human sacrifice and all kinds of stuff like that. So the Jews of the time would call the people who were non-Jewish dogs. That was, if you were not a Jew of, that belonged to the southern kingdoms, you were considered a dog. God was with the people of Israel. They were the chosen ones. And they were the chosen ones specifically for the, rest, for the sake of the world, but not yet. And so Israel had built wall around, we are the chosen one, you're the dogs. Now, at first, you might say, whoa, that's horrible. Well, yes and no. Did you notice in the first reading that in Isaiah, which is like, like 600 years, five, 600 years before Jesus, Isaiah ends that, that, that prophecy saying, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. So the Jews are not chosen for their own sake. God is chosen the Jews as a way of preparing a people in which he's going to insert himself. So the Jews 
had to build figurative walls around themselves, so-called, the walls to separate them from the pagans. Had they not had walls, they would have become infected with pagan worship, with human sacrifice, with all kinds of the gods of the nations. So we, we normally don't think of walls in a very good way, but think about it. Walls are necessary, okay? You have walls in your house. Why do you have walls? To create a space where your family can grow. You don't just open it up. Now, the, 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 the walls have doors, and there's bridges to connect. But you can't live without walls. And so for Jesus and the Jews, Jesus is aware that God has been preparing ever since the beginning. He has prepared, he's been being, not since the beginning, but since later in history, He's preparing a people that he is going to use to take to all humanity. But he's got to prepare a people, and so he has built the wall, allowed the wall to be built around his people so that he can mold them because sooner or later the Messiah is going to come. And Jesus is coming in to that group that has been walled off called the Jews to bring the law into fulfillment. And if you remember, Jesus actually said, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come to fulfill them. So what's he doing? God has been preparing, has walled off the Jews, and he is preparing them to receive the Messiah as the fulfillment of all the things that he has formed Israel for, so that Israel and the message of the Messiah, Jesus, would be for all nations. The Jews are not called for themselves. They are called to be the bed, shall we say, out of which will grow the salvation for all nations. Notice what Jesus says. Now, Jesus is approached by this woman. Now, at first, it's really very an interesting dynamic. Here is this woman comes up and says, Lord, help me. What's the first thing that Jesus does? Nothing. He doesn't send her away. He's just quiet. Now that's your first, first idea that something's wrong here. Something's wrong. And then the apostles say, Lord, send her away. She keeps clamoring after all. And Jesus makes the correct statement. My mission is to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's trying to bring back all of the, the representatives of all the lost tribes and to reunite Israel 
preparing for the church. Okay, notice, my mission is only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. At that moment, because if you remember at the very end of the resurrection, he will then say to the apostles, now, go to all nations. Go to all nations. So notice the order that God is doing this in a particular order. He's coming through Israel, and he's coming through Israel towards all the nations. And that's where we fit in, in the Catholic Church, the for all church. So at that moment, the woman still insists. She doesn't give up. That's what the, one of the great things about this woman. She just doesn't give up. And she, her daughter is, is, is sick. Her daughter is possessed by a demon. And any of you parents who have little kids, you know you would do, you would, a mama bear or a papa bear would do anything for their kids. And so the woman goes and, and kneels in front of him. I mean, he's not talked to her. They've told her to send her away. This woman could have walked away and she could have been insulted. And she could have gone to the Jerusalem Post and said, do you know what Jesus did to me? Okay, and I'm insulted. And then she kneels down in front of him and says, Lord, help me. And then Jesus comes out with the worst. It is not right to give to the children, I mean to the dogs, the food that belongs to the children. At that moment, the woman could have, he just called me a dog. You know, go to the newspaper and say he's a fraud. But the question is, what's going on here in this whole thing? Got to remember that look at the whole dynamic and look at the interpretation from their culture. Not from our culture, from their culture. The dogs are all about the pagans, where Jesus is, he's in pagan territory, and the woman is a pagan woman. She's pagan. And in Jesus' culture, those are all the dogs outside. Okay, even Paul uses the word dogs, and several other places in the Bible uses the word dogs to the unclean. That was another way of using the unclean. Well, the woman comes up. Now, notice, Jesus doesn't say, oh, get lost. He doesn't respond. He's allowing something to happen because he knows how, is, he knows if he is God, he knows what's about to happen. So he allows her, he doesn't say anything, and he allows the disciples to give their opinion. Send her away. She keeps yelling at us. Send her away. And Jesus understands that the disciples think this woman's one of the dogs. And so he turns to the disciples and he says, it's not right. It's not right. I have come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman keeps insisting. And then Jesus gives voice 
to what all of the disciples are thinking. This woman's a dog, part of the dogs. And Jesus repeats, he repeats the common wisdom. It is not right to give the food of the children and give it to the dogs. And that's when the revelation happens. That's when the woman goes up to Jesus and says, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs can eat what falls from the master's table. Notice that if it's not right to give the food of the children to the dogs, then Jesus should have never done it. He should have never done it. But it is right because Jesus was aware that he had come not just for the Jews. He had come at the beginning of his mission was for the Jews. But when it was done after the resurrection, it was meant for all nations. And he makes the exception. Even He does the same thing with Mary. Remember? What does your concern have to do with me? And Mary says to the, to the servers, do whatever he tells you. She overrode him. She overrode him. And so Jesus, Jesus can be persuaded. And at this one, he sees the woman like that, and he goes, whoa. I'm giving this woman what is only going to be given to all of us later on. But he gives it to her. And so when we listen to this, Jesus is not a bad mood. He's not a cranky. He knows what's going on. He knows the walls that have to be there. And periodically, he meets somebody that is, has such faith that he says, okay, I'm going to give you early what is going to be given to everyone after the resurrection. And that's what he does. And so the, the gospel reading today is not Jesus being grouchy. The gospel reading is a complex mixture of Jesus' understanding and using the language of the time. The understanding that his mission is first and foremost, not for everybody, but to Israel so that Israel can have the experience of the crucifixion and resurrection. And then after the resurrection, it's going to go to all nations. And he's aware that that is his mission. And he is using the language of the time to assert his mission. He's not calling the woman personally a dog. He is saying, this is my mission, not to outside of Israel, but inside. Later on, I will send you to all nations. Teach them what I have taught you. Make sure all nations hear it. And that's the fulfillment of Isaiah. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. So it's a complicated interpretation today. But you have to, that's where it's always, it's always dangerous to interpret anything without knowing the cultural context. It's always, I always like to say this, imagine, imagine that we take, uh, I write two sentences, and I say, hey, it's raining cats and dogs, so let's burn some rubber and get downtown. 
Now, imagine that was part of a letter and it gets put in a time capsule. And uh, 2,000 years ago, somebody opens that, um, 2,000 years from now, somebody opens that time capsule and reads, in Houston, Texas, it used to rain cats and dogs. And they would achieve tremendous speeds by burning rubber. What happened? They did not understand the way we spoke. And they totally misunderstood our intent. That's what's going on here. You have to enter into Jesus' world to understand how he is referring to this and why he is doing it. God bless.